Hello everyone and welcome to this episode of Talking Taboo podcast. I am your host Divyan Sharma and in this episode we are going to talk about the taboo of disability in the Indian society. We have an exceedingly inspiring personality with us today, Ms. Ira Singhal. Our audience may identify her as the first physically challenged candidate to achieve All India Rank 1 in the 2014 Civil Services Examination. slated to be the toughest examination in india she currently serves as the deputy commissioner of keshavpuram zone of the new delhi municipal corporation more than the exam however it is her journey that catches attention she has a medical condition known as scoliosis which is a spine related disorder that makes her arm movements difficult today we are in conversation with ms ira to better understand the kind of experiences and struggles that a disabled person faces in our society Welcome to our show ma'am we are glad to have you here. Thank you so much Devyansh. Thanks for having me. Our pleasure. Uh ma'am uh, before we start this session I would just take this platform to thank you and all the civil servants in their tireless pursuit of successful crisis management in these testing coronavirus times. I mean we we understand and believe that the situation could have been much more worse and I think civil servants are generally not thanked enough for the background roles that they so neatly handle in our uh, bureaucratic system so thank you so much thank you so much for acknowledging that that happens most <laughs> people like the work we do and yeah. you know because we are behind the scenes obviously so mm. yeah people don't realize it but yeah that's quite true in fact um yeah. ma'am so uh, for the starters if you could tell us a bit more about scoliosis you know what is this medical condition when were you diagnosed with it Uh, so scoliosis is basically a curvature of your backbone. Okay, so mm. um, now backbone is where all your organs and every system of your body is connected from, right? Uh, all your nerves, everything flows through your backbone. So if there is something wrong with the backbone, then it sort of uh, affects all the other parts of your body as well, right? Um, so that's what I have. It's a curvature of the backbone. It's in a instead of being straight, it's in the shape of an S. Okay. All right. So that hmm. affects all the other uh, systems of the body and all the uh, the other parts of the body. It's not really like a disease sort of thing. It's not uh, something that makes you ill, but it sort of affects your system and um, affects the way uh, your body functions in a lot of ways. So it restricts a lot of things. Not just the arm movement. It's actually a lot of other things uh, that come with it. All right. All right. So yeah. how does scoliosis impact your life? I mean, what are the implications if we what to talk about especially in the formative years say on education or on schooling was there any kind of difference in the way you you experience these things as as compared to the other kids at school i have no idea and none of us would know that because you don't know how other kids are going through right? the same experience hmm. right none of us know what other persons feeling and especially in childhood so that's not really a comparison that i would be able to make but i would tell you that um okay so let's think about it um i was one of the class uh, you know toppers in school yeah that did happen at some point in life i never got rank 1 most <laughs> people think you have been rank 1 forever no but <laughs> one of the top students yeah. okay so that uh, in childhood obviously comes with its own uh, perks because then you know you teachers like you and all of that but i will say this i was never made a part of like for example i love dancing and i'm an excellent dancer and you know um but i would never be made a part of any of the performances in school hmm. you have these annual days and everything right so teachers would never yeah. select me for that um 
simply because of my disability because you know there would be one or two movements that you can't do well and i think it's also the fact that teachers also are a little immature at that a uh, this thing platform they don't realize it at least the ones that i faced were like that um they were very busy making sure that their dance looked perfect uh, instead of uh, you know uh, making sure that all kids got to participate so for them it becomes about their performance and not about the children and that invariably right. happens so that's something that i did face that even though i was an excellent dancer and you know um much later in my life in fact uh, you know 11th 12th is when that started happening um that i finally had school experiences where teachers uh, would select me based on my talent and not the way i looked you know uh, so in childhood that did happen but i think um, now that i look back on it it um, sort of made me uh, much more stronger in the uh, in terms of the fact that i stopped expecting that people will give you things for anything or that the world will be nice to you and you stop expecting that see there is one thing which comes across in disability very often is that because everybody is so kind to you all the time you keep hmm. expecting that life is like that and then when you really face life you kind of break down i'll tell you what happens um, that's something that i tell parents and all that don't uh, make your child with disability uh, be the sole uh, attention uh, you know the sole person that you pay attention to in your household because what that uh, going to do is that um, that child will start expecting that he is the only one who has problems and he is the only one who uh, needs attention and you know that doesn't help with the socialization so in my case not getting that um, to be a part of anything simply because of my uh, visible disability kind of made me uh, stronger in that respect because something that i was truly good at is what i was admired for which was uh, my educational uh, uh, performance mm. so that removed that extra uh, expectation from the world that you the world owes you anything because of your disability i think that worked out in the long term brilliantly and then i had to work hard on everything that i achieved on on everything and i learned how to work hard you know i s- learned that you will not get free lunches and you will not get sympathy or you will not get extra benefits simply because of uh, your disability that's definitely quite a positive perspective and rather a practical one to take on how to move on with your life and its struggles when mm-hmm. now moving on to your upsc examination experience we all know that the examination uh, takes substantial time energy and effort so why did you choose this profession and uh, when and how did you decide that you have to become a civil servant so i was uh, used to live in a place called meerut when i was a kid it's hmm. not a small town but it's not a big metro right it was unfortunately those times when there were a lot of communal uh, disharmony in the city and i've gone through periods of my life like ra- kids who are growing up right now will always remember that they uh, did not go to school for so many months and similarly uh, there were two years of my life when i went to school only for 5 months or 6 months we had curfew in the city for a very long time so all the schools and everything was shut and at that point um, when you know when there is a curfew when there is a crisis like that that's when you really get to see what administration does similar to what you everybody is seeing right now right everybody mm. knows right yeah. that the magistrates are doing all this so similarly for me in that childhood period that happened and i would have been around 7 8 9 years old around then um, so you know um, and at the same time i was studying about uh, administration in my school 
So the school books were being played out in reality, and I could actually see what the work was be was and what they were doing, and you know how they were solving the issue. And right. that kind of made me realize that wow, this seems like a good uh, job to do, and I would want mm. to do something. Yes, I would want to solve crises. Uh, mm. But then I moved to Delhi, and uh, you know, in a big city metro, you kind of never realize there is administration. So that kind of went on a back seat, and it became like maybe someday in life sort of plan. Um, right. And I did engineering. I went to a business school. I was working in one of the nicest companies that anybody could ever work for, uh, Cadbury in Bombay, and uh, the company was like really amazing. But there was a point when I was, uh, you know, working twenty-hour days. And I started thinking that um, what is my, uh, you know, achievement after working this twenty hour? Like, what what is what is it that I have added to the world? And I am one of those people who really needed to have, uh, you know, my self identity comes from being able to help someone out or being able to do something for someone else. And I realized that um, I am not, but uh, you know, there is no one who's going to think that because I was working that hard. Their life became better, and I needed that to happen for my day. So um, that's when I decided that uh, let me go back to my childhood dream and go give civil services. So it was mm-hmm. simply about um, you know what you want at the end of the day your life to look like, what you want people to say that you were there. So uh, you know because of you what happened, and that's the journey that uh, got me here. That's the idea. That's the background. Definitely, definitely. Uh, but your twist with the exam has rather been quite interesting. You took it four times and technically got in all the four attempts. But yes. there was some problem with your uh, acceptance yeah. in other services. You had to fight yeah. for long. Yes. So, ma'am, it would be great if you could share a bit about uh, what this problem was and how did you see through the central administrative tribunal procedure? Uh, okay, so um, basically, in my case, my disability is. So, uh, way, since you're law students, you'll understand this better. Uh, in government, when uh, there is recruitment of people with disability, they check two things. Okay, there are two criteria that they check. One is what is your disability, and second is what is your ability. And each service has decided that they want specific set of disability and specific set of ability. Okay, and hmm, basis right. that do they allow people into the service? now ideally what you would expect is that um, there should be a correlation between these right hmm there really isn't there isn't okay so it's literally that one day people sat in a meeting and everybody thought i like this disability i like this disability and they just picked it like that there is no medical uh, person was decided anything there is no uh, medical criteria for any of the selections there is really no logic behind any of it okay nobody can right. justify why they picked particular uh, people or particular types of disabilities there is no justification so in my case my disability and my ability are only allowed in the ias okay there is only one service across the country that i am allowed to become a part of and this includes any group group b services group uh, c services you know i cannot become a clerk like i will never clear the clerk exam because my disability is not allowed so it's it's a very very biased criteria and it is a very unfair criteria acha the crazy thing is that i fit in the criteria of abilities for almost all services <laughs> except for police and all so based is my ability i can get selected for anything but based is my disability i am only allowed in the ias and uh, i 
thought that was unfair and mm. um, honestly um, at that point my rank wasn't good enough to get into the ias and i had quit my job to get here so i thought it's okay let me you know uh, carry on and let me just prepare again but uh, what happened was that um, i started getting phone calls from other candidates to whom similar thing had happened they were also being rejected on the basis of their disability okay and um, i had come in here to make a difference to you know help out people to change something so at that point i thought that this is the first opportunity that has come to you and uh, you have to take this so that's how i filed the lawsuit in cat and uh, i won it it took some time because uh, as uh, you know most things in government it, everything takes time right and uh, yeah so then i won that and that's how i got irs but while i was uh, you know in the midst of the lawsuit i still prepared and i got into the irs then wow that's actually quite inspiring and it it's very uh, illogical that these government yes. uh, services yeah had this kind of distinction but i think again the problem is the years of uh, not knowing these kind of experiences and years of invisibilization of these people and their struggles simply the fact that you know even the government is made up of people that come from us right so hmm. as a society till the day you uh, you don't accept something you don't expect the government organs to accept it right See, everybody coming from the uh, in sitting in the government is coming from us these are people that are part of our society so till the day the society thinks of something as bad so will the government definitely uh, we've had a anti dowry law for centuries now right hmm. has that no difference <laughs> right because yeah. society we we don't want to change it we don't think there's anything wrong with it so till the day the society hmm. does not decide to change no not there's nothing that the government can do to change it it's as right. simple as hmm. so this is the same thing as a society if we consider something negative or bad no matter how many laws you make it will stay that way and the end result will be that there is a hmm. full rpwd act which was done uh, like i'm not talking about the 16 one i'm talking about the previous one under which i got selected which was made to make it easier for people with disabilities to get in but in cases like mine it has made it much much tougher yeah so ma'am do you think that uh, uh, being a civil servant and having scoliosis or in fact for that matter any other kind of disabilities uh given that this post requires a lot of field work i'm guessing so does this disability act as an impediment so to say uh not in my case but yes there are disabilities that would be an impediment see i'm a very logical person and i'm very honest about it i don't think that you should be given a job that you cannot do based on your medical uh, condition okay definitely hmm Uh, remember this when you are given that job uh, especially in a government uh, scenario you're supposed to serve other people now if you cannot do that well it's not fair on all of those people that you have been given that job so hmm. to you know be kind to one person you cannot be unfair to so many others hmm. so right. i have a very simple logic you let me do whatever i can do but do not decide to not let me do something and by me i mean a person who has any kind of uh, issues um, which uh, they can do at least make sure it's within their power or you know not within their power before you decide to let them do it or not let them do it if 
if my being in that job um, affects someone else's life, if it is uh, going to be a problem to someone else, um, my people who come to me for help, then obviously don't give it to me. For example, um, you know, you cannot make me a beat constable. Right. Hmm. You know, that is fair. You cannot make me a beat constable because I will never be able to perform to the level that I'm expected to in that. Hmm. Then you cannot decide that I cannot be an IRS officer, and especially in a case where I can be an IS officer. Right. I mean, yes, definitely. Hmm. You know, so um, the, it has to be logical. There has to be a rationale behind it, and it has to be in the larger context. Don't be kind to one person to be unfair. You know, um, just to be uh, unfair to all the others, but then don't be unkind to a person because of your biases and prejudices. No, that is definitely, definitely true. Uh, I'm uh, talking about, we talked about briefly a bit about uh, how we should adopt a positive attitude towards the problems we face in life. Um, yeah. If we were to talk about a lot of people who are disabled, but may not be fortunate enough to have, you know, that kind of peer support or say comfort at home or be surrounded by simply people who make them feel comfortable to talk about these things. Because how are we, how we are brought up, we naturally deeply come to value validation from those around us. Yes. So how to break this complex in those people who are disabled, uh, that they are lesser than others, how, how do they break these barriers? Um, so unfortunately, the damage that is done to you in childhood, it's very tough to repair that, you know. Um, so there is one thing that I am trying to push, and I speak about this on a lot of uh, forums and uh, disability is that we don't realize that for the parent who uh, happens to get a uh, disabled child, it's actually a trauma. It's a very big trauma for the parent to suddenly realize, see, nobody ever planned that their kid would be disabled, right? But suddenly you are faced with this problem and you don't know how to deal with it. Nobody teaches you how to deal with it. Nobody helps you out in terms of how do you handle this? How do you deal with, uh, you know, medically support the child or what is good for the child? So one thing that needs to be done is counseling for parents with uh, children with disabilities. That mm. has to happen for uh, them to normalize themselves and then to raise their child as a child who's normal. See, uh, there is nothing called normal, right? Yeah. But yeah. there is so nothing called abnormal. It's only whatever you decide is abnormal becomes abnormal. And unfortunately, it's the parents who decide that the child is abnormal. In my case, I was very, very lucky. My parents never did that. And actually, just because my parents never did that, the society around me also never got an opportunity to do that. See, somebody can come and make your parents feel ashamed about you only if they really think there is something to be ashamed about. Hmm. In my case, my parents never thought that. And hence, nobody could ever make them feel ashamed about or think negatively about my disability. And my, I was always uh, made to focus on my abilities um, while also acknowledging that there is this disability with you. You know, it's hmm. like nothing was hidden. It was simply that these are the facts of your life. Now let's deal with them the best we can and let's do whatever we can. And hmm. um, it's tough when you grow up to realize that because, you know, that has been fed to you since childhood. It's a lot tougher. Uh, all of those people who weren't lucky to have parents like mine definitely have it a lot tougher. But uh, the minute you start realizing that there is nothing wrong with you and uh, you stop focusing on your disabilities and start thinking about all your abilities, all the things that you're good at and, you know, 
you make your world about that things will change so you have to find what you're good at you have to find that these are the things that i um, you know will exceed at excel at and uh, start working on those see what happens is we all start doing the things that others are good at that's a societal mm-hmm. problem for us we all make our career plans based on what the neighbor is good at right yeah uh, so everybody is going to pursue a career that their neighbor has been good at i don't know why so considering that's their uh, you know talent and not yours but that's a problem of our society we uh, and in people with disabilities that is actually doubly harmful because mm-hmm. in your case you genuinely may have issues pursuing the same uh, opportunities and careers as those other people so what i would suggest is that um, actually do an honest um, you know closed system evaluation of yourself and see what are your real talents what is your actual uh, you know things that you enjoy doing what are your tastes what do you uh, want your life to look like and don't make others a part of that story don't do it because someone else will admire you or uh, you know appreciate you because of those things and then go on and uh, pursue whatever you want to do so it's a tough it's a tougher call than i had but that's something that you will have to choose for yourself if you want to make something out for yourself and also remember that your parents may have not put you down but then they may have been uh, allowing you to become a little lazy because what invariably happens in high so- households is that you start pitying that child and hence you stop expecting things from that child and you let them get away with a uh, subpar performance which you wouldn't do to other children in the household so for example hmm. if a child has disability and it's in their hands you will not let them do work which will in- not involve their hands but involve their legs i yeah. know of cases where a child has polio but his family has assumed that he is stupid so they have not uh, put the, uh, you know made that child study they have not made that child uh, uh, you know actually earn money uh, through profession they have literally just sat for years and pitied that child and said oh uh, poor thing what will happen to him and the only thing that person has is polio which affects one leg there mm-hmm. is that whole other uh, part of them the whole rest of them which is absolutely fine mm-hmm. and that invariably happens because we start connecting your physical appearance with your mental performance so that's something that needs to be evaluated very seriously that have you been allowed to get away with a subpar performance simply because you have a disability mm. Mm. has that been made okay in your life that it's okay if you're not doing something see if you're okay it's okay if you're genuinely not able to do something but uh, is it Uh, you know there would be a lot of cases where it is simply because of your disability you've been told mm. that who are you now you shouldn't be allowed to do anything so if you are a person with you know and i've seen this a lot in polio cases because there was a period in india that we had a lot of polio cases and a lot of disability came from uh, you know uh, that the others are uh, a lot uh, less in comparison when it talk when you talk of physical disability so you know you don't set lower standards for children with disabilities hmm. set the standards according to their abilities and not according to their disabilities that's yeah. the only so yeah hmm indeed i absolutely agree that it's important for these people to come to the self realization that they are not useless or worthless yes. and i also believe that everyone's truly gifted but to have uh, to achieve that kind of potential need some some inspiration and you have to draw it from within yourself 
Uh, yes. Then, uh, then you have to look at yourself. Somewhere yeah. you will have to stand up for yourself. Hmm. So now talking about the role of government bodies, uh, how welcome do you think is the environment in Indian civil service and what is the government doing for representation of these people? I ask this question in a very interesting context that a lot of countries around the world today are negotiating the access of the disabled to the civil service. So in this context, are there any measures taken in India such as training initiatives, any workplace adjustments or sort of sensitization steps, anything that you see um, is I a step in the right direction? By the government? Yeah. Uh, so generally, when you talk of government, uh, this, uh, you know, once you're inside, there isn't that much discrimination. Uh, as in, uh, I haven't seen it happen. It's not there in the group A services as much. Um, so I'll give you a simple example. Um, for example, I was not allowed to enter, you know, become a part of the service itself, right? Hmm. But uh, I think once you're inside, there is not much discrimination in that respect. But see, it also comes from yourself. If you also keep portraying yourself as a person with disability, then that's the reaction you're going to get. Yeah, it becomes a lot about yourself when you're a part of the system, and there is a. Um, I wouldn't say there is a lot being done. There are a lot of nice laws that have come up, and people whose mandate it is to work for disability, they are doing a lot of work. But everybody else is still comfortably ignoring it. Hmm. Do you get it? It's it's like yeah. uh, people posted in the Department of Disability are doing a lot of work, but everybody else outside is not. Hmm. You know, so in terms of the person whose job it is to uh, solve this issue is doing a lot, but it's not like the others are cooperating or others are actually making an effort in that respect. In fact, I think uh, the corporate sector is doing a little more about this, the organized corporate sector. They're doing a lot more about this than uh, the government sector in that respect. And also the corporate sector is letting you have opportunities that you really deserve, you know. They're not doing that. Um, I have set this law and now I will only follow this blindly, mm. which is what happens in government. In corporate sector, uh, since they obviously have a lot more uh, room to maneuver, they are actually, uh, you know, the diversity thing and everything that's becoming a big part of the conversation everywhere in the corporate. And, mm. uh, you know, they're genuinely making efforts to have people with disabilities on board in their uh, organizations and to make the system as friendly for them and also set the same performance targets for them. You know, I think mm. that's the most important thing is, uh, in the whole system that you don't set lower performance targets. See, true empowerment really comes when you are an equal contributing part. It cannot Definitely. come mm. you know, if I am the one who is carrying you through it. If I am the one who is doing your share of the work, then you are never going to feel empowered because somewhere I will make you feel that, listen, I did your share. I am carrying you. So you are here on my charity. Hmm. Um, so that's where I think corporate sector is doing a lot better that they're setting realistic and actual targets for these for people with disability based on their actual abilities. And that's why hmm. government is feeling a little. But um, there are a lot of nice positive laws and there is a lot being done in terms of at least the conversation has started now. See, there was hmm. a point when even this conversation did not exist. Nobody was yeah. talking about this. Nobody was you know, looking at it, at least today that conversation exists. And uh, see, uh, with the reservation coming in, 
what is happening is that a lot of departments now have people with disabilities right within mm. working within them so slowly that exposure to people with disabilities is increasing mm. you know um, and hence the system will start becoming uh, a lot more flexible and a lot more accommodating to people with disabilities i'll tell you a very simple thing for example um now i as a person with disability have entered the system and you know um, now because i know that these problems exist most of the things the initiatives that i would take up would focus on the fact that how will it be accessed by people like me yeah right? mm. um so and anyone uh, think that i'm starting i've recently gotten the charge of director education in north uh, my area so that's almost how, you know let's say uh, a little more um, little more than uh, one third of delhi hmm. um okay and um i have primary schools within my uh, jurisdiction all the primary schools up till class 5 so what i'm doing is i'm introducing sign language as a third language for all my children so hmm. i will start uh, teaching them sign language you know because as a person with disability i know that that's a language and i've seen the exposure to uh, you know how it is uh, done and i've seen um, the way that is neglected in the country and uh, because now i'm sitting in a position where i have access to education and i can uh, make uh, a change in education i'm doing that but till years and years all people without disabilities who have been a part of this system have never thought about it simply because they don't have an exposure to this hmm. right so it's that that because of uh, the you know you, you bringing in people like that they will start thinking about it it's it's that same chicken egg thing that um, uh, there are a lot less women in the workforce because uh, workplaces are not very uh, women friendly but mm. because there are not enough women in the workforce the workplaces are not very women friendly absolutely right? so it's that same thing now that we have um, you know started getting people with disabilities inside things will change because then they will start making it more accessible they will start demanding things they will start um, you know asking for things see a lot of problems only get solved when they are highlighted until mm. now there was nobody to highlight them yeah um, so my case for example highlights the issue that yes these laws are not really fair so that conversation has started and hopefully it will change in a few years but mm. uh, so that's happening but i think uh, on an uh, on the whole because the exposure is still very uh, limited uh, it's not as fast as you and i would hope yeah definitely we we hope that the future is more inclusive because inclusion as you said fetches more inclusion uh, yes. but be- before we end this session today ma'am uh, what are some tips for our audience what would we say that how can common people help the disabled people so when we talk about concepts like disab- uh, equal access and equitable uh, access how do we do better in terms of sensitization as far as our daily lives are concerned okay um one is stop looking at people uh, with disability on the basis of their disability um stop judging a person based on their disability and it's something that you will consciously have to do because since childhood you've been trained to look at a person with disability in respect of them being weaker than you okay so when you're interacting with them uh, be careful that you are not uh, or at least be conscious that you're not being extra charitable right. you are helping them only as much as they need don't go out of your way okay 
So for example, if a person with disability is walking on crutches and they drop their books, it's going to be tougher for them. So pick their books up, but don't start carrying them around. They probably hmm. have bag or something and uh, they can do that. Like it's the little things. So in class, don't make their notes. You know, don't yeah. start looking for them. Hmm. Don't do that. Don't uh, go the extra mile. And also, um, you know, in terms of physical access or anything, just think that um, if you uh, uh, one day had an accident, how would you navigate this thing? That's it. Hmm. If you can put yourself in that position, because remember, all of us are going to get old. If hmm. you can't think of th- things in terms of, you know, um, disability, at least think in terms of your grandparents. Will they be able to uh, function as well hmm. in the environment that you're creating? And it's and you'll be able to solve a lot of things. Yeah, I think I think uh, too that it's important to highlight that taking those 15-20 minutes out of your day to help someone who's dealing with disabilities for no fault of their own. It just uh, means the world to them and probably merely even nicely talking to them and making them feel included is something that can go a long, long way. Uh, yes. See, if you stop looking at them as people with disabilities, you will automatically include them in everything. Hmm. You know, if you start looking at what they can, what talent do they have, your whole uh, perception will anyway change. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think it's important to uh, change the kind of conversations we have around uh, disability then. Ma'am, I'm sure that today our conversation would help people talk about and understand these experiences a bit better. So thank you so much, Ira ma'am, for joining us today. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Talking Taboo podcast. If you like our idea and want to support it, do follow us on Instagram at WeTalkTaboo and visit our Facebook page at Talking Taboo. A simple share and support will go a long way in mainstreaming these conversations and breaking the taboos that we seek to fight. To stay up to date on the show, do follow us on the platform of your choice. We hope you liked this episode and see you in the next one.